The only thing I hate more than hot takes type commentary is responding to other people's hot takes type commentary. But here we go. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. The origin of the notion that Kenny Pickett would not be a first-round pick if he were available in this current NFL draft class wasn't with a hot takes type commentary. It came from none other than Mel Kuyper, who not all that long ago had been seen as the guy when it came to draft Knicks. It didn't used to be plural. It was just Mel. You know, he was the draft Nick, and then others came along, and eventually it just became so widespread that half the population is a draft Nick. So when Kuiper spoke up recently on ESPN, and he's entitled to his opinion, he's, again, been doing this a really long time, don't have to like it, don't even have to respect it, but he's entitled to it. That if Kenny Pickett were in the current draft class, given the caliber of the quarterbacks and the other positions that are projected to be first-rounders, he wouldn't have been a first-rounder. Which is, it's, it's somewhere between idiotic and myopic, and I'm actually leaning more toward the latter. Because people can get caught up in their own little worlds and see things that are immediately around them as being far more important than they actually are. That's, that's myopic. And in Kuiper's case, he lives for the draft. He exists for the draft. 362 days of the year, he spends preparing for those three. It is his existence. It's on his tombstone. R.I.P. Draftnik. Singular. So when he says something like that, he's thinking of it from the, from the singular context of the draft version of that player. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect. Rigor, relevance, that's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. In other words, if you could transport 2022 Kenny fresh off winning the ACC championship and being a Heisman Trophy finalist at Pitt to this year's class without having had that additional year of grooming, would he be a first-round pick? Kuyper's answer to that is no. I find that to be preposterous just unto itself. Because of these quarterbacks who are in this class, four of them are projected to be high first-rounders. A fifth is kind of a borderline First rounder, Bryce Young, Alabama, Will Levis, Kentucky, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, Anthony Richardson of Florida, all seen as top 10 picks. Tanner McKee of Stanford is the bubble guy that I referenced. 
So if all I want to do is win this singular argument, the only point that I'd have to take from Kuiper is that Kenny was a superior quarterback last year to McKee from Stanford. That's it. I don't even have to make arguments on the other guys, even though I could do it one by one by one by one in every case. Because even if you throw out, you know, scouting combine stuff, meat market stuff, uh, college numbers, if you want to throw it all out and you just want to look at the fact that Kenny took a program that's done nothing Nothing for such a long time. I don't mean to be mean to Pitt fans or whatever, okay? They enjoyed it. It's all right to rekindle a positive memory, right? It was a positive memory, a really positive one, because Pitt doesn't have many of those. And carried the Panthers to a conference championship in a conference that they were never supposed to win in a million years. That's the way that was supposed to go, a conference that included... Florida State, which was once a powerhouse. Uh, Clemson, which was a powerhouse like just before that. And it was Kenny that made the difference. This is what quarterbacks do. This is what they do. They lead football teams to good things. You know, sometimes you don't have to check somebody's twitch muscles or vertical this or horizontal that to find out what they are. But but even that, even that doesn't get me going like the spinoffs to this ridiculous Kuiperism. And that is, would Kenny have been a first round pick if he was available now? Meaning like the current Kenny after he's been in the National Football League for a year after. He played in 13 games, started 12 of them, completed 245 of 389 attempts for 2,404 yards. He ran the ball 55 times for 237 yards. He also threw for seven touchdowns, ran for three others, and oh, by the way, near the end of the season, somehow almost got that deeply flawed team into the playoffs by pulling off back-to-back final-minute comebacks, both of them coming on Kenny Pickett touchdown passes, and thus becoming the first rookie in NFL history to do that alone. So he goes out there and he proves himself. He proves himself. He proves his potential. He proves his worth to the team. He proves his physical capabilities or whatever it was that anyone doubted about that part of it. And yet, you're still going to have some people attempting to make some weirdo argument that NFL teams are going to sit there in the first round and pass him up to take these other guys who've never proven a thing? This is the NFL. That's college ball. The two things are not similar. They're not like moving from AAA to the majors in baseball. They're just not. They're miles and miles and miles apart. And I can make the argument that they're solar systems apart when it comes to just the quarterback. 
the draftniks are out of control when we come back j1q this segment of daily shot is brought to you by our good friends at mike's beer bar they're located on federal street directly across from pnc park mike has more than 500 beers on tap including from more than 50 local breweries stop in and say hello tell mike we sent you mike's beer bar Today's J1Q comes from Greg, who says, Might the Steelers just bring Patrick Peterson into the draft room and have him direct the process in selecting a top cornerback? Because up to this point, Mike Tomlin can't identify one to save his life. All right, this is going to be my all-bite-back day, apparently. Things get repeated, and then they get repeated some more. And then they get repeated to the point where they're just perceived as being fact. Here's the actual fact regarding the Steelers and drafting cornerbacks, or even if you want to just, you know, broaden it to defensive backs. They haven't drafted them at all. That's actually what's happened. You know, if you look back over the past few years, Senquez Golson as a second rounder who showed up pretty much with a sling on his arm from the day he arrived in Latrobe. I'm not exaggerating. It was the very first day. Hurt his shoulder. Was done. That's it. Never recovered. Nothing at all that you could pick out in one direction or the other. What they valued in him from his time at LSU was his ball hawking ability and everything. None of it mattered because he never set foot on an NFL field in anger. Okay? If you want to attribute his shoulder injury to scouting, go nuts. Next came Artie Burns. Fire away, man. Lousy pick. Terrible pick. And also, the only substance that anyone has for this particular argument. That's it. It's all just Artie. If you want to say that the Steelers can't draft corners because they drafted Artie, then you also want to say that they can't draft edge rushers. Because they drafted Jarvis Jones, when in fact they've kind of done okay at the edge rusher position in the draft, including a certain somebody who is the best defensive player in the world. So who else are we talking about? Let's say within the first three rounds, to be fair about this. Well, you're talking about Justin Lane, who was given something of a chance, didn't really do much with it. Okay, you can put Lane in that column as well. Not to the extreme that Artie was. Artie was a first-rounder. Lane was a third-rounder. But you know who was the third-rounder the year after that? Yeah, Cam Sutton. Pretty good football player. Was just now the most sought-after free agent at his position in his class. Just signed his third NFL contract and got himself three years and $39 million. Now, it's with the Lions, but their money is green, too. So what about all the rest? What about all the other corners? There aren't any. Just go through all of the drafts. Go through everything from Golson's year onward, and you just don't see corners. So what's happened? Well, the main thing that happened here was that they traded for Joe Hayden. So Hayden comes in and takes one side of the secondary, and clamps it down for himself. That's to the team's credit. 
That's not a black mark for them. Hayden was an excellent trade. Don't make me spell out the obvious here. And if the Steelers are fortunate, Peterson will perform as Hayden did in his final couple of years, which is what Peterson has said he's intending to do, just play two more. And they'll have had not really much of a need at the corner position as it relates to the draft in that context either. So let's say that they end up taking Joey Porter Jr. That thing that you said is going to get repeated like crazy right off the bat because, again, everybody has just said it so often that, well, it must be true. Why would Peasy's kid then come into Pittsburgh and have that affixed to him immediately? Oh, no, that's it. He can't be any good because they're the team that drafted Artie Burns. Well, one more time for everybody in the back. The same team that identified Jarvis as, quote, special, end quote, and I heard that exact term from both Tomlin and Kevin Colbert the night he was drafted. I was sitting in the room. Special, they called him. They were the same guys who ended up with TJ, who actually is special. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one tomorrow. 